0: Welcome to The Kingstonian, a podcast that profiles people who are passionate about what they do for a living, what organization they belong to, or the community they are a part of. Here is your host, Dave Cunningham. Thank you, Steve. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Before The Kingstonian became a podcast, it was a radio show. In November of 2016, I sat down with John Malcolm, a local singer and entertainer, and chatted with him about his passion for music. John passed away December 22, 2023. For licensing reasons, we cannot air the recordings we included in that radio broadcast. Nevertheless, I think you'll enjoy our conversation. John was a consummate performer who loved being on stage with his sons Ryan and Reagan. He will be missed. Our sympathies go out to Deborah and the family. Here is that episode. Good morning, everyone. My name is Dave Cunningham, and welcome to the program. And on today's show, our guest is John Malcolm. John, welcome. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to this, Dave. Okay. Now, John is one of those individuals that has been playing music and entertaining folks for a long time. And that's one of the things that I found about living in this community. There are a lot of people who are very talented and who work hard at their craft, and just getting better each time. Now, when did you first start performing? Was it in Kingston?
1: No, actually, I first started uh, in Montreal. I'm from Montreal, like, like it seems like everybody <laughs> Like everybody in Kingston. Uh, I was about uh, 11 or 12 years old, I guess, when I actually uh, professionally
0: uh, started team. Uh, and what sorts of uh, singing were you involved with then?
1: that was uh the rock and roll buddy holly kind of stuff uh jerry lee lewis uh, roy orbison was you know coming along
0: all oh, those yeah. classic artists yeah yeah now did you did you participate in a group
1: yeah i had a group uh, actually uh i think it was uh, the uh, johnny and the upsetters uh, which was uh you know a throw up name we just picked up and uh, and we were, uh, we played anywhere we could play, you know, a little bit at the uh, high schools and things like that, even though at that point I wasn't in
0: high school. Johnny and the Upsetters. Yeah. Where did you come up with yeah. Upsetters?
1: Well, you know. There
0: I has think, to be a story there somewhere. Well,
1: no, you know, there, there really, other than in those days, you know, there was a group on every quarter corner. Uh, there weren't that many garage bands because a lot of the homes that day didn't have garages. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know. There was at least three basements on every block that had a band, and they we had the craziest names. Everybody just sort of uh, the screamers, the uh, the tornadoes, the the storms. You know, <laughs> so I think that's how that happened.
0: Or one of the classics that I like, when because I grew up in Montreal as well, and one of the classics I like is Mash McCann. Now, word Mash McCann? Mash McCann, yeah. yeah, Canadian band. Yeah. Now, at some particular point, you moved to Kingston, and that's you right. were what? What uh, sort of business were you in? I
1: was in the the car business. Uh, By that point, uh, the uh, I I realized probably in my late teens, uh, early twenties that uh, I wasn't going to uh, be able to make a living in the music business. And uh, long story short, ended up I was in the car business and uh, came up here actually in around 1977, uh, working as a, a car salesman
0: okay and so you worked as a car salesman and continued to do music so what format did the music take as you started it off in Kingston
1: uh, there it became more I started doing a lot more of the standards uh, a lot of the uh, a lot of the older uh, older music that I had done uh, when I was younger um, and uh, I gradually gravitated I guess to the crooner type uh, music
0: mm-hmm. Now, you got into the restaurant business and then started to tie that into your music.
1: Absolutely. Uh, I had uh, started uh, just on my own doing some small gigs around town, and uh, my wife thought, gee, you know what? If we could open up a restaurant and we could do dinner shows or that, you know, then, gee, at least you'd get some work, Uh, which, I, yeah, I got work all right. I mean— Pretty cheap labor, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we we actually uh, started in the restaurant business, uh, doing uh, small dinner shows.
0: And so you did that for a while in both Kingston and Napanee. Kingston and Napanee started
1: in Napanee and then moved to Kingston. Uh, we uh, we were uh, in the Kingston area and then. Uh, We also had a place out in Amherstview called Nostalgia Station. So it was just over 20 years actually we were entertaining in our own
0: restaurants. Now when you perform now, you sing to a music track. Was that the story then?
1: Yeah, we we used uh, tracks a lot of the time. Now uh, over the years, I mean we've done a lot of uh, corporate things. We've done uh, casino gigs and things like that. And uh, depending on the size of the venue, we do uh, use uh, an orchestra. A lot of a lot of the local guys uh, in Kingston here. We've we've worked together, um, um, but for the most part, we do use tracks because it's inexpensive and uh, you know we travel light.
0: And I think when I start to think about using music tracks to sing along to, sometimes I think that's more difficult because you are the only person responsible for what happens on stage. The band is not there.
1: You're absolutely right. A lot of people at the beginning are like, oh, like it's like karaoke. But, you know, there's no melody uh, when you're, you know, when you're singing to the actual tracks, which uh, were called in those days when we started with music minus one. We used to buy these uh, CDs out of New
0: York. they were pretty expensive. Um, so you're on your own. You're absolutely you're on your own. OK, so at some particular point, you decided to bring the kids into the game. So let's yeah. start with the, who was first.
1: Ryan was first. Ryan was first. Actually it was really funny. Uh, I I would be rehearsing at home and uh one day uh I came home and uh, Ryan had all the equipment set up and he was singing crazy by Patsy Cline. Uh he had a little voice like uh you know his voice hadn't changed yet. He had a Michael Jackson voice and uh he wanted to, you know, he wanted to surprise uh my wife Deb uh with uh with this song. So That's how that got started. So I had a gig, and, uh, you know, Deb said, well, why don't you bring Ryan along and let him sing the song? Mm -hmm. So I brought him along, and it's the old story, you know, you work with dogs or cats and kids, (laughs) you're done, right? That's right. So, of course, all the little ladies just loved this little guy, you know, four foot nothing in his tuxedo, singing Crazy by Patsy Cline. Oh, yeah. Well, it wasn't long before he was probably doing a quarter of the show with me
0: and went on from there
1: went on from there of course and then uh my other son regan uh joined us regan was doing a lot of our sound at the time and lighting and so i mean i we didn't even know that he could sing the way uh, it was just amazing the first time we heard him sing he did a billy joel song and uh again so that that uh now we're with the trio
0: mm-hmm.
1: nostalgia trio
0: Now, for those who haven't quite figured it out by now, Ryan Malcolm is the individual that won the first edition of the Canadian Idol Idol. series on television. That's right. And that was back in 2003.
1: Right. Right. Now,
0: now what is Ryan doing now? Is he still singing other than singing with you periodically?
1: Well, Ryan, yeah, uh, he does a lot of voiceovers still, and he does a lot of uh, uh, sessions. As a matter of fact, as we speak, he's in Toronto right now actually uh, doing two days of uh, recordings songwriters and that will come to him and uh ask them to uh to do a song and then they they take it from there um and uh so he he's not uh he, he hasn't stopped singing and I, I think we're going to hear from him again mm-hmm.
0: he has his own long. band right
1: he has his own band low level flight mm-hmm. you know and uh, of course they, they had a pretty good run uh, quite a few top uh, top 40s and uh so they did some really nice touring, there, India. and
0: I heard he you know, was really popular in India.
1: Really popular in
0: India. It's the funniest thing, you know, but uh, yeah, really big over there. Now, he was in Costa Rica for a while running a bed and breakfast, yep. and now he's back in Canada. He's back in Canada. He's up
1: uh, around the Goderich area. Uh, him and his wife are uh, involved in managing a resort up there, and uh, he's also now in the uh, real estate business. So uh,
0: you never know where people end up. You never know.
1: It's so funny, you know, because uh, my wife's in the real estate business, and she, and somewhere down the line they may end up working together. You know.
0: Mm-hmm. Now Reagan did perform for a while with his own band.
1: Reagan actually, uh, yeah, he performed with uh, with a band called. Um, Killing Time. Right. And uh, they were together a lot longer than I realized. Now, even when they were performing, we were still performing. Right. And we actually did perform uh, uh, with Killing Time as well. Uh, And every once in a while, a couple of the guys from Killing Time would come over and do some gigs with us. Mm -hmm. So... uh, that was quite a while, and, and Regan uh, was drumming for uh, for the band also. Like he's a pretty good drummer too. Mm-hmm.
0: Now the three of you are, I guess, it's primarily Regan and you that uh, do yeah. a bit of nostalgia, Now, yeah. And every once in a while, Ryan may join. Every you once for a in a while, show. we'll
1: get Ryan involved. Yeah.
0: Now, when it comes to uh, a bit of nostalgia, when you are doing gigs at various places, why don't you give our listeners an idea of how you go about picking the lineup of songs you're going to perform that particular
1: well a lot of it has to do with where we are uh, and we usually have at least uh, two CD players uh, set up so we can skip and jump back and forth um, if we're in a, a particular place and uh, you know Regan may do a, a country song and if we see the dance floor uh, is busy well we'll throw in a few more country songs mm-hmm. you know um, if we uh are you know like we do a lot of uh uh ballads, of course, and um if we're doing uh maybe an evening uh where there's ballroom dancing for instance, ballroom dancers, so you know we'll throw in the waltzes and the foxtrots and right. uh, you know so uh, you know i that's one of the things i think that's uh you know our our longevity uh, is uh, due to the fact that we we are really flexible. If you don't like what we're doing right now, maybe in five minutes you will. You know, That's hopefully right. you will. <laughs> we can change the lineup pretty quickly. We can do
0: that. Yes. When it comes to performing, do you have a preference as to what kind of venue you're in when you are performing? Well, it's always nice. I think as a
1: performer, uh, I think to be in a place where number one, uh, you know, uh, people can sit and watch. Uh, and enjoy the music, or they can get up and dance. There's some interaction going on there. A lot of the casinos that were in there, you know, were fighting. Well, not anymore because they've taken the noise out of them. But we used to be fighting against the, uh, the slot machine noises, right. you okay. know. Uh, and there, you're, you're, you know, you're sort of just an, an extra, you know. So I think, yeah, we we, we really enjoy the places where we've uh, we we go there, and the people are ready and willing to listen and to get up and dance. We enjoy ourselves, too.
0: Now, if memory serves me correctly, you've done some theater as well.
1: Yeah, I've done a fair amount of theater uh, over time. And I
0: can think of um, the Buddy Holly show at the Grand Theater.
1: Yeah, actually, uh, yeah. Well, Ryan, of course, and Regan were both uh, uh, in the first, uh, because they did it twice, uh, uh, the Kinsman show at the Grand. And then the last time, which was, I guess, now about two, two and a half years ago, uh, I was also in it, you know, and, uh, I had a couple of little parts, uh, but it was really fun to be uh, involved with that, you know,
0: and working with a bunch of people over the extended period of rehearsing and doing the show, you would tend to develop a lot of good relationships. I would a lot say. of
1: good relationships, you know, and again, a lot of the people that were in the show, uh, you know, uh, I'd worked with over time do with, with other projects, you know, comes to mind. I did a wait until dark way back when, I ran in the late 70s at the Domino, and Greg Berlioch was uh, one of my co-players. And uh, that was his first run, I think, uh, at at acting, and uh, it was a great time.
0: Now, that sort of brings us to one of the major things you're doing now is a Frank Sinatra show. Right. Tell us how that all started. Mm -hmm. Well, I think, you know, I
1: I was always a Sinatra fan. I loved the music. again you know all these but goodies uh i was fascinated also by his story uh like he 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 scratched and kicked and you know to his way up to where uh, you know even uh, when he was in his 30s he finally got some recognition uh, he uh, he wasn't the easiest guy to get along with perhaps but he had a lot of talent uh, and i always uh, i'm the type of guy that i i you know, I, I like to look at the positive things. You know, mm-hmm. as an entertainer, the, the reason I was drawn him because of the the way he he entertained, uh, not because of his personal life necessarily, but uh,
0: the music was great. Now, when we start thinking about Frank Sinatra, so he's been gone a while, yes, but there is still a style of music that is almost being revived now. I guess the best example to use is Michael Bublé, right, and or Tony Bennett, who is still performing, and he's what Hundred and three, close
1: to it. Ninety one, you know, ninety one, one hundred. <laughs>
0: yeah. Now, how did this particular? Now, is this a, a play that you do with Frank Sinatra, or actually, is it some sort of uh, concert thing?
1: No, this is actually uh, my wife stumbled on some uh, some footage on uh, online one day, and and long story short, uh, she wrote, produced, and directed. The, it was a very good year. Uh, sinatra uh the man his fans his music uh and it, it's based on of course frank but it's also based on four of uh four people who whose lives uh, uh intertwined with his uh and uh, the um, and all their recollections of, of of their dealings with frank sinatra and the music as well so
0: now it debuted what last year 2015? Uh, 2015 uh 2000 and I think it was 2014. Okay, yeah. So we're just commemorating the hundredth anniversary. It was of the hundredth
1: anniversary. Uh, it was actually no, you are correct. It was 2015, uh, and uh, because his hundredth uh, birthday was in December of uh, of last year, uh, so we did uh, we did a show uh, in uh, Kingston at the Grand, and then we also did it up in Guelph at the River Run Theater up there.
0: Now. I can just imagine you sitting around a table, listening to old Frank Sinatra CDs, and trying to pick songs to put into that particular show. What was that process like? That was
1: really tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll be honest with you, a lot of the stuff that I uh, that I tried or that I wanted to do, uh, a lot of people, unless they're really you know in in the business, uh, musicians or vocalists. Uh, don't realize how hard it is to sing his his music, not just the phrasing and that, but the range that he has and the breath control. Some of the notes they don't seem that hard to hit, but you have to hold a note and you have to have a lot of breath control. So I don't want to say that I whimped out, and uh, but <laughs> I, you know, I mean, I did throw in quite a few uh, tough ones, but uh, I also uh, I picked ones that I felt that I could handle and uh, mm-hmm. you know that I could at least, you know, do the best job I could on them, you know. So that did have
0: something to do with it. Any sense as to why his music continues to be as popular as it is? Well, I think, you know, uh, one of the reasons is, is when,
1: when people are sitting alone or they're sitting in their living room or even in their car, music comes on, it takes them somewhere. Uh, and I think the Sanacha music, that type of music, uh, you know, you, you can understand the words, There's usually a story to it. So it takes somebody somewhere. It takes them somewhere uh, where they want to be. And uh, so then they create that memory. And I I think that his music is the type of music that you can throw it on and you can listen to it a hundred times. And uh, it still evokes the same memories
0: and you never get tired of it. And I think it's a type of music whereby by listening to it, you get a good sense as to how good a singer he was. Absolutely. Uh,
1: Yeah, I mean, and and a storyteller, though. I mean, uh, you use the word as a singer and entertainer. I mean, a lot of people say, well, you know, like he lost his voice as he got older, you know. But there was more and more character and everything in there, you know. It's like Leonard Cohen, you know. Like the guy isn't going to be, uh, you know, put down as one of the greatest singers of all time.
0: But he did win an award for his singing. He absolutely did. Which he was quite... uh, entertained by the fact that he was that he won that particular award yeah now you did do the show last year yes now are you looking at redoing the show or bringing it back for we are month?
1: going to be uh we're looking at uh 2017 and uh we're still trying to put it together but i i believe we will be doing it two or three times uh, probably uh late spring early summer in that uh, in that time frame uh it's just the um getting everybody together again, mm-hmm. trying to book some theater space ahead of time, which is quite difficult these days, excuse me. Oh, yeah. So uh, yeah, that's, uh, but we're, we're hoping to be able to do that.
0: Now, do you play with a band or do you have a
1: track? The When we've done the theater shows, uh, we have used uh, orchestra uh, and uh, really successful. Uh, Dave Barton was our uh, musical director, I'm sure you know Dave, uh, great guy, great musician. Uh, Put a nine-piece orchestra together, <clears throat> and uh, so we're hoping to be able to do that again. Uh, it, unfortunately, if we do uh, do some of the smaller theaters, for constraints and for expenses, uh, you know, we may have to make the band a little bit smaller. Mm-hmm. But we'd love to stay with the live musicians if we can.
0: And we started off the program by talking about local performers who have been around a long time, and that applies to musicians as well, who have performed, whether it be with the uh, symphony orchestra or various other venues and styles of music. Kingston is quite uh, wealthy in terms of its musical talent.
1: It's amazing how many uh, how many guys are around here that have been doing it Uh, Mike Myers comes to mind I mean it goes on and on and on Uh, Spencer Evans you could just you know Tim Holman yeah uh, you know these guys have been you know uh, 50 odd years in the business you know uh, and they're still only 50 years old I can't figure (laughs) that out
0: you know yeah there's something wrong with that picture the late John Malcolm a man who loved being on stage making memories for those in his audience to those listening to this podcast, thank you. And I'll be back soon with another conversation. The theme music for the podcast is Stasis Oasis, written and performed by Kingston musician Tim Aylesworth. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions about any of the episodes, please send a note to the Kingstonian Podcast at gmail.com. For details on upcoming guests, follow us on Facebook. Kingstonian Podcast is hosted by Dave Cunningham and produced in Kingston, Ontario, Canada.